Welcome to the Front Office Exchange, where we take a look at the careers of executives and rising stars within the sports business. Now, here's your host, Jake Failing. This is episode 13 of the Front Office Exchange podcast, and today we'll hear from Oklahoma City Thunder Director of Business Intelligence and Ticket Strategy, Carlos Kesbers. Now, before I introduce Carlos, I want to let everyone know that I'll be at the Momentum Sports Marketing Symposium next week in New York. I'll be there through the afternoon of the 9th, which is the first day of the conference. So if you're in town for the event, either earlier that week or that day, please shoot me a note on Twitter at Jake Failing. That's J-A-K-E-F. E-H-L-I-N-G, or email me at jake at frontofficeexchange.com. I'd love to say hello. Now for this week's guest. I was introduced to Carlos by a mutual acquaintance who I worked closely with at USA Baseball several years ago, uh, and that's been the great thing thus far with the podcast, and getting to reconnect with old colleagues from the sports business industry and being introduced to new ones along the way, uh, which is what happened here, obviously. I really enjoyed my conversation with Carlos. He was kind enough to talk to me the morning of their opening night game against the 76ers. Uh, they won that game, and they've since won two more, so good start. And so far, so good with the Russell Westbrook solo act, which we talked a little bit about. Carlos tells his story about how after graduating from the University of Oklahoma, he traveled west where he climbed the ticket sales ladder with the Phoenix Suns. Shortly thereafter, he landed what was essentially his dream job in the NBA at the time when the new Oklahoma City Thunder, they had moved from Seattle, uh, they brought him back to his hometown in 2008, and he's enjoyed the ride ever since. Carlos talked about his transition from a typical sales role with the Thunder into one now where he's leading a team and he's focused more on the analytics behind the sale, which obviously analytics are driving everything these days. Uh, he attributes rolling up his sleeves and relentlessly networking to his success, and he offers a few tips uh, for both of those during the conversation as well. So without further ado, Carlos Kesbers of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Carlos Kesbers, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. This is terrific. Well, we were excited. I say we. I've, I've got a whole team here. But I, I was excited to have you on, um, and especially with everything that you have going on. Now, this will air um, a couple weeks after we have this conversation, but uh, tonight is opening night for the Oklahoma City Thunder. I know it's not a home game for you, uh, but is the energy uh, just out of control there right now? It is. It, it definitely is. Uh, I mean, it's it's like the first day of school. It's like the you know first day of summer. It's like Christmas. It's like New Year's. It's it's just the day that a lot of people look forward to, um, and everybody's pretty excited. It's it's a fun time. So I know again, it's not a home game for you, um, but you're opening up on the road in Philadelphia. Uh, you know. Russell Westbrook is one of the marquee names in the NBA. Everyone wants to see him in the solo starting role now, but you're going up against Joel Embiid, which I think everybody is eager to see how he plays out. But um, is the home game the first home game for you? I mean, that's your that's the Super Bowl, right? That's the big one for you. It is absolutely. Yeah, that's coming up this Friday against the Phoenix Suns. Um, it's a Friday night. Uh, a lot of people excited, and it's it's going to be fun to watch the team this year. You know, obviously we've had an interesting off season with um, some additions to the roster and some people leaving the roster, and um, I think everybody's a little antsy to see this team get going. 
right? Um, and that's a great segue, the Phoenix Suns, who you used to work for. So I'd like to start off these conversations um, with, you know, first, tell me as director of business intelligence and ticket strategy uh, for the Thunder, um, what, what that is, what that job entails, and then we'll take a walk through your career. My team oversees our um, CRM platform within the company and also our data warehouse. Um, So we do all of the analytics on the business side of the office and use various technologies um, to help people make database decisions. Um, Try and remove the gut feeling and moving forward with that and add some numbers and some quantifiable measures to help them make better decisions, feel better about their decisions, and um, see how it works out in the end. Um, This department's actually only been with the Thunder for about a year. So it's been really fun to help develop that, bring people on board, and show people some of the capabilities of, you know, the the sexy word of analytics and what it all can do. So let's take a little bit of a a deeper dive there. So you're in lockstep um, with ticket sales. Um, you know, give me an example of maybe, you know, I, I know not day to day cause that changes every day, but, um, what a typical project might look like, what those analytics, you know, how that would play out, uh, let's say with maybe a single game, maybe season ticket packages, things like that. Sure. The, one of the biggest things that we have focused on as of late is really our resale marketplace. Um, if you have owned a Thunder ticket in the past, um, really even the past five or six years, uh, the return that you can get on that for resale has been probably one of the better investments you can make in America. Uh, so we've been doing a lot of back-end work trying to better understand when people are posting tickets for resale, at what price they're doing it, and getting even down to the level of by row and by seat. Um, our hope in that whole thing is to really try to help the client optimize their resale capabilities when the right time it is to post it and try to nudge them along a little bit if their expectations are a tad out of whack, if they're posting their tickets for a little higher than we think they should be as far as kind of a success rate for resale. Um, we'll work with our service and retention team to have them give them a shout and give some some nice suggestions on maybe a way to reduce that price to make sure it sells. Wow. So is that on a one-to-one basis or is that something where, you know, maybe you're creating uh, videos or tutorials or things like that or, uh, you know, is it automatically generated emails saying, hey, you know, you should post now if you're thinking about it. How personalized does it get? Oh boy, I, you need to stop talking because your your ideas are, are what we're going to be doing here um, in a little bit. You're, Sorry, you're right in line of what we're we're right. thinking about. You're going to make me look less smart. Um, yeah, no, that's that's absolutely what we want to do. Is we want to get to a level of automation to where we can still help customize and be kind of the looking you in the eye, shaking your hand, personal touch but also um, make sure that the client is receiving real-time information and um, suggestions and information that's going to help them accomplish their goal, whether it's reselling their ticket, whether it's actually attending the game, donating it to charity. Um, there's a lot of different options, but our, our hope is that we can kind of use analytics to predict what they're going to be doing and then try and get ahead of that decision for them. Right, exactly. And then at some point, we all lose our jobs, right? You know, the computer just yep. tells people, right, perfect. All right. Yeah. Well, gl- yep. Glad I can. I'll just edit this part out. 
Um, so I guess two part next question. One, you know, you look at the World Series right now, the Cubs and the Indians, uh, two of the more analytically driven front offices in baseball. You hear that word all the time. There's conferences that are popped up that are themed around analytics. Uh, is that something that's taking over, uh, you know, o- the Oklahoma City Thunder from A to Z and that you see in the NBA as well? And then two, is that an area where you've been hoping to get more involved with in your career as you've kind of risen through the ranks in ticket sales? Sure. No, great questions. Um, I, I'm probably contradicting myself a little bit in saying that uh, what I had just said about, you know, trying to make sure we're still getting the personal touch in there, but also using analytics. But um, we, we've tried to implement the analytical arm into many areas of our business, but we've also found that it's really, really important to, also look at it from just a personal, uh, personal way. So the numbers might be telling you something, but especially in the Thunder office, you know, in our executive level, there's over a hundred years of actual sports experience with multiple teams and properties. And so to not take that into consideration as well would be a mistake on our end. So we, we've kind of gone at it with kid gloves a little bit, and we're using the numbers um, as a guide almost, not the end-all, be-all. And it's worked out pretty well. Uh, in, in a market like Oklahoma City, you know, we're the, the second smallest market in the NBA. Um, it's a small town. There's about two degrees of separation between just about anybody in this city. And um, so various things that we're doing are going to reach the market pretty, pretty big. So to not take more time, more thought, more effort and look at every angle, whether it's someone's opinion, who's been in the business a long time or some sort of algorithm that we've developed, that's given us some insight. Uh, we want to make sure we're looking at everything. Got it. And then for you, um, uh, you know, have you always been kind of numbers analytically driven? You know, is this something maybe you you pushed the thunder on? I know you said the the department is relatively new, or is this something again because this is where everything is going in sports? Um, you know, it was inevitable uh, that a department like this would pop up. Yeah, I, it wasn't something that I probably thought that I was going to be doing. Um, if you would have told me in college that this was going to be my role right now, I probably would have gone cross-eyed and fell over backwards. Right. Um, I, I mean, I was a health major um, at the University of Oklahoma, so really nothing that has to do with what I'm doing right now. <laughs> right. But um, I, I feel that I've been pretty fortunate and lucky to work with some really smart people, and we've seen the writing on the wall as the whole analytics world has, has come to light. Um, I knew just enough to be dangerous in, in some of the things and talking about it. So uh, there are a few of us within the Thunder that, that helped push this department along. And it created a great opportunity for me from a career growth standpoint, where I've traditionally been in a sales and service role, to really start working with multiple departments. Um, and it's been fun. It's been fun learning about sponsorship. It's been fun learning about marketing uh, and everything that we can do to help them out. Great. So now prior to this, you were also, uh, in, you remained in the NBA. You were with the Phoenix Suns. We talked a little bit about before, uh, but going back to University of Oklahoma, so you're coming out and what was that next couple years like? Uh, you know, did you know that you wanted to go into the NBA? Uh, did you have your resume all over the place? What was that transition like? Yeah, my, my story is um, one of networking success, I think. Um, and really, I, I, I kind of fell backwards into my job at the NBA. Uh, when I was a junior in college, I worked at a uh, church camp in Atlanta. Um, and 
one person that I met there told me that she had a cousin's husband who works for the Phoenix Suns. He was the group sales manager at the time. His name is Jeremy Walls. And so she said, hey, if, whenever you graduate, if you'd like for me to pass your resume on, I'd be happy to do so. So I kind of shrugged it off because I was about 18 months away from graduating and didn't think much of it. But lo and behold, as, as graduation neared and I needed to find some employment, um, I sent my resume along. Uh, it worked out really well. And the, the funny story of it, the, um, the way that my resume got passed along, uh, my, my name is spelled very different. So if you're not familiar with it, you know, you might not know if it's a male or female name. So Mike Toman was the person that I interviewed with, with the Phoenix Suns. And when he called me, the first thing he said was, oh, goodness, I thought you were going to be a girl. Um, so it, it was the ultimate icebreaker for you say that you're in. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the sports world. And I still poke fun at Mike now for, for thinking that. But um, it worked out well. I, I interviewed with Mike. I, I flew out to Phoenix to actually interview and face-to-face, flew back later that night. I had never been to Arizona before. And they offered me a position actually with the Phoenix Mercury on the, the WNBA side to start out with and packed up my truck and moved out there. And, and the rest is, is kind of history. Um, it, it was fun working with the Suns. I, I did a couple different roles with them, working on the WNBA side and transitioning over to the Suns on a more sales side and then did that for about um, a little under a year when I moved on to the retention side of the business, uh, which was terrific because uh, retention, I guess, back then in 2005, 2006 is a lot like analytics in sports is now where it was this new concept of a proactive approach to service and not just sit there and wait for the phone to ring on a more traditional you know, customer service type thing. So it was terrific. I, I got to help kind of build that out a little bit with a, a few smart people in Phoenix um, and then transitioned over to Oklahoma City. Great. Um, and you've been there for, gee, it looks like since about 2008, correct? Yeah, that's right. So when the team uh, moved from Seattle to here, uh, I took the opportunity to hop on board um, and started in September of 2008, right after the team moved. And it was one of the more challenging things that I've ever done in my career to help start a franchise in September that had a game the next month. So there was no runway whatsoever to to get things up and running and we were all flying by the seat of our pants. Well, walk through that a little bit. So did, uh, I assume some people made the move, but Seattle's a great city. Oklahoma is a great, Oklahoma city is a great city as well. Um, But I got to think that that was a a major overhaul for them. So did you find out about the role again through your personal networking channels or did they put out just a huge blast at, hey, look, almost NBA team in startup mode? Yeah, it was it was pretty much just a, a blast. I mean, on the website, if I remember correctly, there was kind of just a, a call for resumes. And on the back end, um, I think the team was trying to figure out what roles were needed specific to this market, how they wanted to build things out. Um, so I, I got in contact with, um, just through some, some various networking channels with the league office and some other things, um, got in touch with Brian Burns, who's the senior vice president of sales and marketing here. And, um, essentially the funny story with this is I, I kind of lied to him in saying that I, I was going to be in Oklahoma city visiting some family would love to grab a cup of coffee with them. When in fact, my only thing on the itinerary was trying to get in front of him. So I I ended up going, flying to Oklahoma City, having a cup of coffee with them and flying back to Phoenix. 
and um, it went well. Interviewed a couple more times with him and then got the nod to officially move out um, back home, which is beyond lucky for me to, to be back in my home city where I grew up working for an NBA team and continuing my career. Wow. So uh, unbelievable. I mean, you, so you grew up in Oklahoma City? I did. I, I was born in Minnesota, lived there for about 10 years. Uh, my dad's company got transferred down to Oklahoma City. So from 10 and on, um, I've been in Oklahoma and through and through. So it, it, I, I'm so fortunate to be in the position that I'm in. Uh, and again, if you would have told you know a, a childhood Carlos Kesbers that there was going to be an NBA team in Oklahoma City, I, I would have laughed out loud. And everything you hear is that the city just really embraces the team, uh, you know, just, uh, again, the crowds, the volume, that's what you hear about. And obviously you've had a lot to cheer for over the last few years, but what is Oklahoma City like for those that aren't familiar just as a sports town, as a pro sports town? Yeah, so the kind of the basis of the sports town was really developed around um, college football. So it's a very collegial market. Oklahoma State football has been terrific. University of Oklahoma football has been fantastic. Um, so it, it's the, the knowledge of sports and support isn't new to this town, but the the team and the NBA and the professional sports and the opposing teams coming in and seeing all of that was something that was very new. Um, what helps drive, I think, the entire support is – Oklahomans are very protective of what people think of Oklahoma. We, we want you to come here and have a great time, and we want you to go home and tell everybody you had a great time. So it's incredibly friendly people. Um, they come and they support this team through and through. Uh, they, they support the front of the jersey, not the back of the jersey. Uh, and it's, it's really been fortunate to have a fan base like this that you can work for, knowing that they're going to be there night in and night out. Um, I don't think I need to remind anyone listening to this uh, what your offseason was like. <laughs> you lost one of your uh, marquee players to free agency. Um, you're in ticket sales. You're involved with ticket sales. That's obviously, in most cases, that would be a huge blow. But you've got another superstar there as well. And I, and I know you lost uh, Ibaka as well. So how did that... I think I know how it affected what you did, but what did that make your offseason look like? Did you have to just kind of blow up old marketing materials, old plans, come at it a different way, uh, put everything around Westbrook? Um, you know, just give us a little peek inside what the offseason was like. Yeah, absolutely. It It is a great testament to everything that we had built over the first eight seasons um, was really to be prepared for, you know, Durant leaving or someone else leaving. Um, we weren't sure how we were going to end up throughout the entire off season, but we worked incredibly hard with this market to ensure that it was team focused. So if you drive around Oklahoma city and you see billboards or you hear radio messages or you see ads online, you're, you're never going to see just one player. You're always going to see three players. You're going to see the entire team. Hmm. Um, because that, that's really important to us. We want to make sure that we're driving the team. We want to make sure everybody knows all 15 uh, players on the roster and some background behind them, um, because we think that's important. We think that's what resonates in this market. But also, we know that uh, players are not going to be here long-term and forever, so we want to make sure they're familiar and have some support to go into to everything else, and that's exactly what happened with this offseason. Um, it, it'll probably sound shocking that we actually did not change much of what we do after Durant left, we, we stayed the course. We still support the entire team. 
there's not billboards of Russell Westbrook around the city. There's billboards of the team, and um, the the fans like that. And we we actually heard that feedback as well too. They're they're incredibly supportive of the team we have now, and and want to support it moving forward. Whether Russell's on the team, whether Serge is on the team, whether Kevin's on the team, um, and they're also quite familiar with it too. Like I said, as as a collegiate marketplace to start, you know they're only getting familiar with some of these college football or college basketball players every four years. So the concept of people moving in and moving out wasn't new either. Um, but we've been very fortunate in, in having the fan base that we have and the support that they give. And come Friday night when we play Phoenix, uh, it, it's going to be a playoff atmosphere. Good. So speaking of that, so what does a game day look like for you in your role? Uh, you know, I know ticket sales, uh, executives, sponsorship executives, you know, they've got to be at the games. They've got to entertain clients. Uh, does that extend to your department as well? It does. Yeah. It's uh, So as the role kind of switched over more to the analytics and ticket operations type thing, um, my game night responsibilities have, have changed quite a bit. Uh, you know, in past years, it, it'd be uh, walking around and, and speaking to clients and checking in on people, whether it's suites or, you know, up in our loud city upper bowl or in the lower bowl. Um, and now it's, it's actually uh, pretty much flipped a 180. It, it's, it's more of a behind the desk looking at various data streams that we have coming in on the game night, whether it's, you know, how many people are in the building compared to a similar game in the past seasons or on average for that day over the regular season, um, which gates are getting the most scans and how can that affect staffing um, on that night or moving forward. Uh, so it's a lot of behind the computer work, which is, is very different because I, I really have enjoyed um, being out in the mix with all the clients and everything. But I also know that this is a very important aspect of the business that is going to be um, pretty fun to move forward with. Well, how has that been for you personally? Have you enjoyed the shift? I have. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's been really, really fun to just learn something new. Um, I, and I still have, you know, friends that are clients and everything. So it's fun to go make the laps and walk around and still talk to everybody. And if I ever hear of anything, I'm, I'm in putting them in contact with the right people. Um, so it's been fun, but you're, you're spot on. It's, it's been a tad difficult in making that actual transition to something that's become a habit over eight years. Sure. Uh, but that pivot, you know, sometimes can be great for a career, and that's what I'm hoping it is. Well, that's my next question. So this exposes you, like you said, to sponsorship, other parts of the business. Was that a goal for you as you look to, you know, broaden your – your reach, your exposure, you know, looking, you know, five, 10 years down the line? Absolutely. Absolutely. To, to be able to hold a conversation um, about, you know, impressions on the sponsorship side or market research for your TV market um, was something that was really important to me. Uh, I know that to progress your career, you have to put your hands in as many buckets as possible and being able to, to talk about that is going to be hopefully very helpful. Now, outside of the thunder, I see that you, um, you're a professor at your alma mater, which is very yeah. cool. Uh, I, you know, I remember uh, a Carolina grad, I, I had a couple classes where alums who had gone into the sports industry came back and they'd bring in uh, you know, executives in the industry to speak to us. So what is your class like and you know, what drove you to uh, you know, I say give back to your university, but to go uh, and do that role concurrent to what you're doing with the thunder? Yeah, it, it's another networking story. Um, one of our courtside season ticket holders sat on the board of advisors for the business school at the University of Oklahoma. 
And in a conversation with him, he said, hey, you know, you should you should consider getting involved and, and helping out. We're, we're about to start a um, sports management kind of track within the business college and you, you'd be helpful. So obviously I said yes and, and went down there. I joined the board of, board of advisors. And then as the thing got developed uh, about three years ago, uh, there was a need for students to get real-world experience in professional sports. Um, you know, there, there's only a handful of internships within the Oklahoma City Thunder organization, and there's 24,000 students at the University of Oklahoma. So people that wanted to get a job in professional sports who traditionally would either need an internship or something on their resume that would jump out, it wasn't available. So uh, we we developed a sports practicum class um, where it's group project based, they uh, they take uh, they come to a game, they take a look at something that they think they could improve, do some research, do some surveying, interviews with other teams, and then at the back end of the semester, they actually make a presentation to the executives with the Thunder, um, with a recommendation of how to improve the business. Um, sometimes we use the recommendation, sometimes we don't, but it creates some really cool um, experiences for the students so that when they're sitting in an interview and get asked, you know, what do you know about the professional sports world or how a business operates, they can give an actual example and maybe even hand over, um, you know, a, a paper of what they've accomplished. Cool experiences for them and cheap labor for you, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. It's free, uh, free marketing, free surveys. It's been terrific. Right, right. I, I'm on to you. I'm on to you. Uh, so you, you've mentioned uh, you've mentioned a few names. You've mentioned some great networking stories. Are there a handful of people in your career that you look to that one have helped you along, have offered some great guidance, or served as a mentor for you? Yeah. So I, I, I mentioned him right at the beginning and, and the guy that actually helped get me involved into the business and Jeremy Walls, who with the Suns was the group sales manager at the time. Um, now uh, he's the, the chief marketing officer for the Miami Dolphins. Um, he has been an absolute wonderful resource. He's a terrific person. And anytime I need advice, um, you know, whether it's business related or not, he's been a guy that I've, I've really leaned on. Great. Uh, and then just in general, too, you know, a question I ask is, you know, uh, are there um, magazines, print, podcasts, things like that that you go to to, uh, you know, the, the continual learning thing uh, that's maybe helped you grow in this new position as you're expanding your skill set? Um, anything like that? Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to give you the worst answer possible for this. No, please. I, Thank you. I am. <laughs> yeah, I I am terrible at reading books, at listening to TED Talks, at, at doing that kind of stuff. I, I try and, and catch up on some articles, uh, you know, as they come across the email inbox or stuff that people pass on. Um, I love reading stuff on Twitter, and I, there's some people on there that I'll, I'll follow and and read articles in that sense. Um, but I, I have done a, an absolute terrible job of expanding my mind through print media and books and everything, right. something that I need to get better at for sure. So this is another thing I have to edit out. Thanks. I, I try not to have yeah. to do too much post-production. <laughs> uh, no, but in all seriousness, as you moved into this role, and I don't want to harp on the word analytics too much, but has that required you to you know, do more research or look into things maybe a little more deeper or uh, in more detail than you have in the past? Or were those just things that you've learned over the years as you've progressed? No, it, it, you are exactly right. I, it's something that I have needed to research and learn about. Um, in, in the sales and service side, 
you you can kind of learn it's 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 kind of you know being on the streets and and figuring out what works and what doesn't and how your personality is going to interact with other various personalities whether you're trying to renew that season ticket or you're trying to sell this suite um, so that, that was something you kind of learn on the go on the analytics side, especially with my background where it, it, it wasn't the technical background. I have absolutely had to do some research and figure out what, um, some of our analysts are, are, are talking about and what they're doing. The, one of the most fun parts of this job, uh, to date has been working with our business analysts, um, because they have the technical background. They're writing SQL codes. They're doing um, You lost me. You just and, lost me. And, I'm go- <laughs> yeah. Uh, all, all of that stuff. Yeah, right. absolutely. So that, that was the first thing that I said as well, too, right. is I'm, I'm looking at their computer screens and I'm seeing these lines of code and what on earth wow. does this mean? So knowing that I had kind of the business knowledge, they've got the technical knowledge. Uh, over the past year, seeing our worlds come closer and them gaining more interest and knowledge on the business side and me gaining more interest and knowledge on the technical side, it's been very cool to see what we've built, things that we've done, and actually how we're interacting and talking has been really fascinating. What are you seeing, I guess, one, with the with the Thunder, but two, across the NBA as well, just in general? You know, it appears that the league is as healthy as it's been or even more so than any time in the last decade, whether it's the superstars and crowds and TV ratings and things like that. So one, you speak to that a little bit, but two, you know, opportunities both for those people that are coming out of your program at Oklahoma uh, and maybe the, you know, the 30-year-old who's either looking at changing their career and getting into sports or, on the other hand, leaving it. Sure, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, the NBA is alive and well. Um, social media, I think, has helped that out um, so much. And, and the fact really that the, the NBA calendar, which used to run essentially October to June, um, that's not the case anymore. It, it runs year round with free agency and trades and salary cap issues and uh, CBA talk and all that type of stuff. There, there is stuff constantly going on and there are people that, that want that type of, uh, fandom. They want to be ingrained in it. And I think that's helped drive, um, drive the ratings and drive the interest and everything. Um, my, my suggestion to anybody that wants to work into the business and it's going to sound cliche, but it's so true is, is just a network like crazy. And I think when people hear that they automatically assume, okay, I need to go to this event or I need to, um, travel to this conference and try and meet people. And, And that's not necessarily the case anymore. Uh, if you can find someone's email address, if you can find their Twitter handle, and you just want to say hello and introduce yourself and ask a couple questions, um, that that's terrific. And that's at the University of Oklahoma. I, I've really told the students to do that as well, and trying to get them in touch with other executives, and really on my end, not making the introduction for them, but challenging them to go research, go find the people that you think it's going to be important to know that can give you the best advice and might help you along in your career. Um, so it doesn't have to be face-to-face anymore. It, it can be over email. It can be through text. It can be over Twitter or Facebook or anything like that. What's most effective for you? What gets your attention? 
for me, it's probably an email. Um, so for anybody listening to this, uh, feel free to email me. I'd be happy to contribute. The reason why that works well for me is because my email is my to-do list. Um, yep. if, if I've got more than 20 items going on my email, I get a little bit of anxiety. <laughs> on the and same way. On the as, same as way. I accomplish something, I, I delete it. Um, so <laughs> if someone emails in and they've got a question that's going to sit on my list and until I respond to it, it's going to sit there. Right. Uh, well, uh, I know that your life is about to get crazy here with the season starting, but what do you like to do in your spare time when you're not at the stadium, when you're not teaching a class? I have a four-year-old daughter um, who is amazing, and it's been fun trying to find the work-life balance um, as she's gotten older. My my wife and I love playing with her. We go to the park. Um try and get her involved in sports. Uh, my, my wife was an athlete in college. She played soccer and I played sports growing up. And our daughter is obsessed with princesses and um, non-sports related things. So we, we have no idea what we're doing with, uh, with a, a princess daughter who enjoys that kind of stuff. So it's, right. it's been fun. Yeah, my wife and I always talk about work-life integration. So, you know, I, I know she's four and, um, you know, maybe isn't completely into uh, basketball. I know she's locked into princesses. But, I mean, do you try to get her out uh, to the stadium? You know, does your wife come to the stadium too? I mean, I, I can imagine every single game would get tiring. Uh, but what does that look like for you? Yes, absolutely. I One of the best parts of the work-life balance is my wife and daughter coming to a game. Um, more times than not, they may not even stay until tip-off. It might be getting here when doors open and walking around and playing the games and getting your face painted. And, you know, me getting to see them for five or ten minutes, you know, even on a game night is, is enough to, to get me through the rest of the night. Uh, it, it's so hard to transition, especially with a young child, from the off-season to the in-season because she thinks that you're going to be home every night at five and then all of a sudden you've got five home games in seven days and you know you can't really understand why dad's doing this um so uh, that's been really important to to um have her and my wife at the games and it's great too because it's actually an atmosphere that they want to come to it's not hey let's go stop and see daddy at work right. it's yeah i do want to go to the thunder game i can you know eat popcorn and then get my face painted and go shoot some pop a shot and, and have some fun. Well, is this where you go back to, you know, your leadership there and say, Hey, look, analytics show that when we bring in, you know, Disney on ice or the Disney princesses or Dora the Explorer or all these things, you know, ticket sales go through the roof. I mean, that's self-serving for you, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm recommending everything that's going to make my daughter happy yeah. and then, right. you know, fabricating the numbers so that it, it's, it's helping out myself. Right. <laughs> well, look, hey, I'm not going to put your email address out here, uh, but uh, where on social media um, can people find you? Where do you hang out? Maybe LinkedIn uh, is where you are the most. Yeah. Uh, Twitter is probably the most, um, at Carlos Kesbers, just my name, first name and last name, no spaces or anything. Uh, love interacting on there and, um, and LinkedIn as well too. Finally, parting shot. Uh, you talked a little bit about it before, but advice, you know, what advice have you been given in your career, uh, that maybe you pass along to others or just anything that maybe you, uh, impart upon your team over the years? Yeah, so there, there's really two items, one that was told to me, and then there's one that I try to live by. Uh, the one that was told to me was, uh, I talked about him a little earlier, Brian Burns, um, a while back, 
as we started working on projects and and working with various teams, he said that you know you you can't ask the accountant to be a heart surgeon, uh, and the the basis behind that is that sometimes you have to roll up your sleeves and and get dirty and do things yourself. Uh, it, it's hard to find that balance between trusting a staff and allowing them to do things, but also going in and helping do things yourself, whether it's lead by example or it's just getting in there and doing it. Um, sometimes you got to do that. And it, as, as careers progress and as people take on additional responsibilities and things like that, sometimes it's hard to remember um, that you also still need to be in the mix and, and show people how to do things. So that, that's been a great one to um, remember as I move on in my career and do those things. And then the other thing that I try and live by is that you can't be successful without laughter. Um, I, I think it's so important that what we're doing, especially in the professional sports world, it is important to people. They're passionate about um, about sports, about their teams, about their favorite players and everything. But at the same time, we're not we're not saving lives. We're not working in hospitals and things like that that um, are, are truly like really, really important life things. So um, we have to find the laughter and things. You have to keep a good culture. You got to have fun and you got to wake up smiling, wanting to come into the office and you got to leave smiling because that's going to help you get into the office the next day. Um, I think it's so important to, to remember that as you go through your day. I like all the, the heart surgeon, the, the, you know, the, the surgery metaphors here. This is good stuff. Yeah, I, I'm subconsciously channeling my health degree. Maybe <laughs> as, as I'm not using any part of it right. for my career, maybe right. that's what I'm, I'm using health cliches to try and keep it relevant. You sound really smart. Uh, just trust me, you're, <laughs> you're killing it right now. No, hey, this has been great stuff, Carlos. I really appreciate it, and I appreciate you joining me on what is opening night uh, for the uh, Thunder. And I know you got your first home game coming up. And I think it's admirable that someone who doesn't read and who wasn't good at numbers has risen to the position that, you, that you're in. <laughs> I love yeah, it. I'm, I'm incredibly fortunate, very lucky. Um, and this is just a terrific reminder to read a book. Um, I get it. I get it. I'll do it. No. Uh, I'll come on. I'll come on the podcast a year from now and you can quiz me on some books and I'll, I'll hopefully have some for you. You're going to come back. Jake, have you heard of the sports business journal? It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm kidding no this has been awesome thank you again for joining us and best of luck this season and with your uh your four-year-old i've got a three-year-old daughter myself so you and i are swimming in it right now so good yeah luck. we should compare notes oh gosh that'd be scary thanks again and good luck this season all right thank you jake thanks for listening to the front office exchange where you hear about the careers of some of the leading executives in sports business visit us at frontofficeexchange.com on facebook at Front Office Exchange and on Twitter at Front Office EXCH to access past episodes, show notes, and much, much more. 